Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new guy's guide to the world of Formula One and motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. Hey guys. And we are back here just continuing the yellow brick road as we finish up the French Grand Prix in phenomenal fashion. Right, Sean? Uh, I think there's probably varying definitions of phenomenal. For for different values of phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had a great time. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a delightful weekend for you. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to me. Yeah, let's just dive right into it and just say that everything continues to come up roses for Red Bull, and I'm going to continue to be the smarmiest shithead until that is <laughs> no longer the case. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know how you can stand to even do this call right now. It's killing me. No, it's uh-huh. it, it, this one's I'm actually going to have to eat because this is so deserved on your part. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, there there's something cool about it, aside from just how great it was. There's something cool about it that, <clears throat> and I have a feeling you're actually going to speak to the contrary, which is should make for interesting talk, but... If we flash back to Barcelona, was it Barcelona? Yeah, Barcelona. Where Mercedes-Benz did the two-stop strategy when Red Bull went one stop and then hunted down Max for however many laps it was, passed him, took the win. Mm -hmm. And now the mirror has happened where it was the exact opposite and Red Bull went to two-stop as a surprise strategy and then hunted down Hamilton and won. It feels like that, it feels like to me, again, and I feel like you're going to disagree and that's going to be weird. It feels like that thing in, uh, what was it, The Dark Knight, when the Joker says, I feel like we're destined to do this forever. Mm -hmm. Like there's, like, I feel like next race, it will be the exact opposite again. You're not wrong. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that because if Yay, you, I'm you, not wrong. If you look at the context of the season, there's not much between the cars. Any differences you're seeing a lot of times are track dependent. I think the Red Bull is a little bit faster of a car, and I think the Mercedes is a little bit better at managing the tires generally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it can be a little quicker in the race. And then it, Hamilton is also exceptional at yeah, that. And, and then, naturally. Yeah, naturally. It just comes to him naturally. Yeah, just a multiplier in Hamilton. So what I'm saying is, is there's not a lot between them. So any kind of differentiating factor will... There will be more differentiating factors like great strategy calls um, that will make or break somebody's race. And I think this weekend, Red Bull had a... Very good to great strategy call and was aided by the fact that it's like Mercedes has never really contemplated running a strategic race, which is funny because like four which races is ago, weird they to were say about it. Mercedes in particular, because they're Mercedes and strategy is one of their many, many skill sets. Yeah, that was for them, it was strikingly bad. Like that was like kind of, oh, Ferrari 2018, 2019 kind of move. Like I'd have been like, oh yeah, this makes sense. They're going to lose this by just absolutely doing every wrong thing possible. But Mercedes <laughs> to do it. And then it, Red Bull was just able to keep them under pressure. I always here. I feel like before you get too deep into this, I feel like we need to reset. Okay. And maybe just say what 
exactly we're talking about. Yeah. On the off chance that somebody is listening to this that didn't see the race, which I feel like could happen, but I can't picture it. So I'm going to I'm gonna do what we'll call a top two teams race recap, mm-hmm. and I want you to interrupt to correct me every time I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, the race started with what was the – the grid was – Red Bull, Mercedes, Mercedes, Red Bull, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Max immediately fucks up. And I mean, immediately, technically it's turn two, but it really felt like turn one Yeah, uh, he, and goes off the track. Yeah, he messed up turn one, making turn two. Uh, uh, um, making turn two the one that technically he didn't get on. Yep, correct. <laughs> so Hamilton's in the lead, Max is in second. They... Do some racing, nothing remarkable happens one way or the other until Red Bull executes the first of what seemed like 20 undercuts that were executed by the various teams. Well, Botas on actually the track. Botas pulled the first undercut. Oh, did Botas do it first? Yeah. So they were trying to undercut Max with Botas. And so this is a question, I think, to start there. Did Mercedes initially get greedy? Aha. Uh-huh. They claim they didn't. They claim they had to bring Valtteri in, but I wonder if they got greedy. My four-year-old was talking a lot during the race, and I may have literally missed that that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Bottas undercuts Max. Mm -hmm. Max then undercuts Hamilton. Correct. And Hamilton had a pretty good cushion, like two or three seconds, and Max was able to close it down. The undercut was massive at Paul Ricard. And that wasn't just for Red Bull. It sounds like everybody who attempted an undercut this weekend saw wonderful gains from it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Leclerc Leclerc was the first person in, I think, and he undercut like three cars. Right. It, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to the, that in a minute. It, there's the there's initial, long-term... <laughs> the initial promise was beautiful. Yeah. At first, it was awesome. But that makes Mercedes look really stupid because it was pretty much immediately evident that the undercut was huge because Leclerc did it before everybody else pit. And they let themselves get undercut by Max. Mm -hmm. And when Max undercut Hamilton and when Hamilton finally pitted, Sergio even got past him. Didn't he? No. Or am I making that up? No, No, Sergio got past Bottas. No, Sergio went long. Sergio That's right. Didn't okay, I'm like sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. misremembering. You're thinking of Baku or when he got by him. It's so many races where the Red Bulls are screaming past the Mercedes cars. It's hard to keep track. Wow. Um, so <laughs> Mercedes got on top of their rival Haas this weekend. So that's the important they part. They did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say we'll get to Haas, but honestly, I don't think we will in this race. I don't remember what they did. They did nothing. They didn't even do anything crazy and dangerous. Anyway, yep. so... Race, 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 which there was a middle part there that was actually really, really entertaining for me because I guess I haven't seen a ton of this in the brief time that I've been watching Formula One where they very, I guess, famously now cut to Max's radio and he was frantic and freaking out and yelling at his engineers and stuff as Hamilton's chasing him and he's panting and and just a mess but then they also then cut to hamilton's radio right behind him and hamilton was freaking out and panting and breathing really hard too Mm -hmm. and i was like this is the first time i feel like two drivers are right 
within two seconds of each other and freaking the fuck out. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, they were both pretty frantic. And yeah, I don't. there was a lot of radio back and forth. Max I like the stress. I felt like it was the first time where none of them was like, eh, I've already got the strategy. I don't even care what happens here because I'm thinking, you know, 4D chess, six steps ahead. It was very in the moment. This is a situation. Yeah, and I think it comes down to nobody knew what the strategy was because like <laughs> like Friday and Saturday were very different to Sunday and the strategy was kind of garbage. Like the the tires just weren't as good as they were the previous two days. And so nobody really knew what was going to happen. Like, you know, they all pitted oh, early. Oh, one person knew. Oh, Formula One Nostradamus knew. Who was that? Bottas. Oh, yeah, he knew. On the radio with 10 laps to go saying, I don't know why anybody fucking didn't listen to me when I said this was going to be a two-stopper. And that's what I, that's, I guess, mistake number two. When I said Mercedes maybe got greedy, Mercedes Then also, they got ungreedy. They kept the same tire strategy They should both drivers. They should have split the cars to keep Max under pressure. I would like to point out that this is a moment where I recognized a strategy thing as it was happening. I'm learning this sport. I was like, why are Bottas and Hamilton doing the same thing? Mm. Shouldn't they be shoring up their, I don't know, I guess hedging their bets by trying both strategies? And I know it's complicated when they're not right in one and two, but why did they do that? Well, they were afraid of getting behind Perez and not getting around him. But I, I, I'm sorry. One more time, just uh, can we get a clean take that I can make into my ringtone where you oh, said that they they were afraid of of Checo? Yeah, they were afraid to get behind him because for once <laughs> Checo was involved in the race. <laughs> for once, for once, not like the time before. Yeah, but um, not like I, the time before where he won the race. I right? think that's a little meaningless. I understand that in order to win a race, you have to be involved. That's true. Um, <laughs> or your teammate has to crash out in front of you and just open the whole thing. <laughs> Still involved. You know what? Max yeah. crashed out and I didn't see Leclerc taking first. <laughs> That's true, but Leclerc is again on bad <laughs> That was tires. the shittiest thing I've ever said on this podcast to you, by the way. <laughs> I'll just I'll let that one go by. Um <laughs> I, I get what they're saying. It's hard to pass, and like that would have helped Red Bull, but we also saw like how dominant those medium tires were fresher. And I know Cheka went yeah. long. But they would have eaten him alive. Like, there was no defending, right? Hamilton, the only reason that it took as long as it did for Verstappen to pass Lewis was about eight laps of Lewis, like, driving out of his mind to get on tire conservation. And it is what he is good at. I mean, you got to admit that, like, six laps to go, it kind of didn't feel like Max was going to catch him. No. No, because Hamilton started doing his Hamilton thing and it, because he's a very, very good driver. And it looked like Max had kind of hit the wall, right? Because he came storming back and had to catch Botas. I think if Botas had done more than like let him by, you know, LA, <laughs> maybe made him wait one more lap. It may not have been, a, he may not have had enough to get past Lewis. Like sure. just because of the extra tire wear and the slight, uh, slight amount of time that it would have required. But yeah, so. Max closed it down. Um, I just think having that medium tires, Mercedes just screwed around. You know, I, I kind of yeah. Think- it seemed. I mean, I guess uh, here's a question, and I'm not going to make this my under investigation. 
It's just something I want to know that I feel like you do is like, why didn't they, you know, everybody's like, Oh, uh, Red Bull pers- you know, did the surprise two stop strategy. Can you explain to me exactly why Mercedes wouldn't immediately pit also? Well, because the undercut was so strong. I guess he was still behind. Lewis was still behind Max. So Max Mm -hmm. goes. He adds maybe a second or two to his lead. I think the concern there is, can Lewis catch Max while also having to pass Checo at some point? So this was the point I made several races ago. I guess really the answer is that because of the two second drivers, that becomes a very complicated equation, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. Because I thought that, and then I was like, no, that doesn't work. And then I was like, well, why doesn't that work? And my brain broke, and I stopped thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, do you get real weird, and you have Valtteri back up into Checo to kind of screw him up and make, you know, but that kind of stuff's too hard to coordinate. So you're immediately sacrificing, not still, now I still have to pass Max, but I also have to get by Checo in the process, right? Yeah, um, and Checo true. can get real wide if he needs to. His tires were fresher than you know everybody it else. It would have been it would have been non-trivial for him as far as the the overall race, <laughs> right? Um, he would have given up that position, but then you've given up all that tire wear and that time trying to get past him, and then you still have to get past Max. So at that point, they were kind of hosed and looking at we need to really try to stretch this out and see if Lewis can pull off some magic. Hopefully Valtteri can hold up Max for a couple of laps and make this happen. And it really would have taken a couple of laps, I think. And that would have been they enough. It would have for... taken about one and three quarters of a lap. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was maybe how much more he needed. Maybe even less than that with tire wear and things like that, right? It's not exactly one for one. I had a brief hope that there was going to be a moment I can't imagine the odds of this ever happening. It's got to be astronomical where the actual passing point is on the last lap and like Max gets DRS on the very last checkered flag straight away and they try and cross almost at the exact same time. That I mean, would have been really, really cool. It's happened. Like you've had close that, finishes like that. Last corner passes. Been a while, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I can't remember the last. That would have been sweet. You have to admit that would have been really cool. Oh yeah, it would have been. That would have been the way to do it. Lewis would have been fuming. I think to be that close. He, as it was, he was just like, yeah, there wasn't much I could do about it. But uh, Red Bull made the right call. I think I, I kind of jokingly said during the race to rile you up that I did. It didn't really matter. The Red Bull was faster. Um, <laughs> the Mercedes though is better on tire wear. And yes, Max was stressed out with whatever it was, 20 laps to go already with Lewis have eventually eaten him up because he couldn't shake uh, Lewis. So that's no, no, he could not. He wasn't putting any distance between them. And it felt like for a moment, actually, Mercedes was feigning because right before Max did the undercut, I wondered that they dropped off. They dropped off a little bit and they said, oh, the tire was so bad. When like literally half a lap later before. <laughs> oh no, my tire wear. Fetch my fainting couch. Well, if, if there's anything you've probably learned about Lewis <laughs> is every race, the tires are shot. Yet he's right. still going and the they're never. The they've never been shot in the entire time I've seen Hamilton driving. <laughs> These tires are destroyed. Fastest lap. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought for a minute they were feigning um, and that they, they had a little bit more pace and maybe they were, but. Max had a lot of pace coming out um, of that second stop. So he had them hot tires. He was just 
Yeah. Those medium tires were really doing work. Yeah, as long as they didn't have to go for more than like 14, 15 laps, they were fine. And and that's kind of where he he got at. So, yeah, um, good strategy call. It was one of those things I think that I said during Barcelona where Mercedes's pit call didn't outright win the race, but it changed the percentages from like 60% to 90%. I think it's the same kind of thing here. They were probably still likely to win with Max up front. But doing the two-stop moved it up much, much more likely. The only thing that would have really screwed it up would have been Valtteri putting up more of a fight than he did. Right. So the way that things are currently shaking, it's a long season, I know. The way that things are currently shaking out with the constructors' standings, I feel like there's actually four tiers of cars right now. Because you've got Red Bull and Mercedes doing their thing, clearly. And then the next two tight race is McLaren and Ferrari. And then there is a significant drop down to Alpha Tori, Aston Martin, Alpine. And then there's Alpha Romeo, Haas and Williams, which Alpha Romeo stole two points at one point. But otherwise, these are scoreless teams, (laughs) which is sad, but it is what it is. So I want to talk about the next tier of teams because I feel like it's. I look, we've got to talk about Ferrari at some point on this podcast. Yeah. And I do not want to belabor it because it feels shitty. No, it's fine. We, we should really talk about it. I have thoughts. Well, and McLaren and Ferrari are a relatively tight race mm-hmm. this season. They're actually pretty close on the constructors championship. Yeah. And they were closer, you know, just last week. Like they were. And I actually, I think Ferrari was in the lead last week. Yep. This was a good weekend for McLaren. Really steady. Really steady. They were, they seemed very, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but they were just very calm, cool, and collected and going about what they were doing. They were never a threat to podium, frankly, unless one of those, you know, top four crashed out and then it would have been a whole other race anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were just sort of methodically passing people as they did, and they kept their positions. They finished, what, five and six or six and seven? Uh, I five think and six, five I and think. seven. Oh, so No, of five and six. Gasly. Five and six? Hey, I was right. Yeah. I mean, that's a great race for them. Yeah, that's a great race for them, and that is an amazing race for um, Ricardo. Yeah, because he did not qualify particularly well uh he qualified okay he's mostly not done well at any other race the rest of the year yeah he's not having a great season that's a shame because especially with uh with drive to survive i know he's a very much a, like a a popular person with the fans because he's extremely personable yes like he's a fun guy you want to like him and you want him to do well and i do and so i'm glad that i think he said something after this race like the car is starting to feel like home. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, yeah, they say little platitudes like that all the time, but you also, you kind of want that to be the case for him. He's pretty honest. So when he says something like that, I kind of take it that he's feeling better. He has really not had a good year, not felt comfortable in the car. So that performance was solid. They weren't particularly blinding as far as pace at any point. They're qualifying. They were not. Yeah, low, um, low in Q three, um, not particularly binding, blinding in the race, but they 
they managed tires really well. The car was very gentle on the tires. And so they were able to just really maintain that steady pace throughout the whole um, stint. Right. And, and for both of them, when passing opportunities did arise, they seemed to execute them pretty well. They got them done cleanly and un- uneventful. Yeah, without, without a whole lot of event. Other than <laughs> Gasly nearly taking out Norris at one point. Yeah. But fairly uneventful <laughs> otherwise. Okay, so that's McLaren. So, Sean, I need you to talk about Ferrari. All right. Let's. How do we talk about Ferrari? Actually, I was, I was thinking about something. So this summer... What my daughter, okay. my daughter, take me on a journey. They're taking you on a journey. This <laughs> summer, my daughter has been learning to potty train. Okay. Oh, oh boy. A metaphor. I feel Big like it's metaphor. Coming. So we started uh, out a metaphor she, about Ferrari shitting. Let's go ahead. She sorted out number one in like two days <laughs> with, <laughs> with no accidents, man. Number one, she tells us she needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Dominant. Dominant. <laughs> okay. When it comes to number two, the kid doesn't even acknowledge it happened. She just shits her pants every single time. Now, number ones happen a lot more often, so it's working out pretty well in the hole, but we get one or two surprises a day. That is Ferrari season. That is... Miraculous turnaround coming out of the winter. The car is very fast. And just occasionally, that one weakness just shows up and fucks the weekend. That's the best. <laughs> that's the best thing that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! Maybe it's because I'm only just a couple years removed from potty training that 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 metaphor cuts deep. <laughs> that cuts deep. Yeah. So basically, uh, front tire management is Ferraris shitting on the toilet, and they don't do it. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. So if you want to know why Ferrari's race happened, the Ferrari was actually quick as hell. It was pretty quick in um, qualifying. Leclerc struggled a little bit, which was a little bit of a preview of what would happen in the race when he said, I can't get the front tires to work. And then in the race, (laughs) which is not what you want to hear from your driver. No. No, not the one, especially imagine, the one that's... Imagine you just loaded up the car with your family, and you're going to drive to Orlando to go to Disney World, and you pull out of Houston, and you get about, <clears throat> I don't know, Lake Charles, and, you know, your wife is behind the wheel, you're you're sitting there, you know, just hanging out, and you hear your wife say, I can't get the front tires to work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make any sharp turns, please. <laughs> but just, maybe we should pit. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the they couldn't get the front tires to work, and then when they went into the race, like all of the conditions that hurt them were exacerbated. So the the track had lower grip because it rained in the morning, and it was cooler, and so they were sliding the fronts around a lot more. And every problem that the teams had with front tires, because it impacted everyone, Ferrari suffered from it like twofold. So the car, if you paid attention, like they were fast at the start and fast after the pits. They were passing cars pretty easily. And mm-hmm. then with after about six laps, that went to absolute hell. And they looked like sitting ducks. And then just to compound things, Ferrari did the most Ferrari thing and like panic pitted Leclerc. Yeah, and, and I they, didn't understand that at all. I mean, it didn't really matter at that point. But what really killed him is he came out behind the leaders so he couldn't like attack. 
Because he was yeah. going faster than Lewis, but couldn't go around them. Because he was getting blue flagged. <laughs> so every time we'd be about to pass him, we'd be like, "He's passing somebody." There's a blue flag. So it just screwed him. Like it was just an awful weekend. There's there's you know there's a couple technical write ups on it, but they just all of the front tire issues that the whole field saw theirs were exacerbated, and so it took a a generally quick car. Um, they did have to make some sacrifices because, again, the power unit's not quite as strong as the others. They had to run a little bit less downforce in the back, and you know it makes the car slide a bit more. But yeah, it just didn't work for at all. Um, it was kind of what they feared would happen in uh, Portugal or Barcelona, but the conditions and the setup were right, and they were right in the operating window. And France, their operating window is really tiny. France, it went outside that window, and there was really nothing they could do. They would have had to been flawless on strategy and still probably wouldn't have been quick enough to get points. Like it was just a disaster. Um, so my question, if, if you're going to talk about looking forward, if they look like that over the next two races in Austria, things could get ugly for the year. Or if they generally hit windows and are okay, you'll see a lot of the rest of the season looking like this, several good performances and then just one kind of God awful one. So interesting yeah okay well i am sorry to see that both of your drivers started top seven and didn't finish in the points that's that's the real amazing part is they started well like signs qualified oh well. no they qualified great signs yeah. was was running hot yeah okay well that is the situation with ferrari and we will monitor it as the season progresses uh as far as the other teams uh, yeah I feel bad because a lot of times we're like, eh, the other teams. But also, <laughs> there are only certain things that come up, and some of them are running themes, like Sunoda being a lunatic, um, and Haas doing Haas things. This was a pretty good race for Aston Martin. Yes. Relatively speaking. Yep. I don't feel like the actual race day they can complain about anything. And frankly, on qualifying, uh, as little as I like to defend him, Stroll got screwed a little bit by a red flag. And so he didn't pat get out of Q3. Yeah, but hilariously, they did use its outlap as a time. So it was like 2.14 or something. Like that. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. It's funny, but it sucks. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> um, he got screwed there. You know, and... Alfa Romeo is like the most non-present team this year. That they were bad. They suffered from all the Ferrari things, but kind of worse because, like, they're bad, but also they're not doing the crazy things that Haas is doing that right. sort of get them into our purview, <laughs> where and, they're and spinning out and then trying to take down the race leader when they're getting lapped for the second time. They're not doing any of that. And Williams is entertaining just because we watch from the Russell standpoint, right? But, right, exactly. Um, I, I think we skipped one. Gasly is exceptionally having solid. a good season, right? Yeah, he's real good, real solid. He's just constantly getting up there into the points. Um, I, I toyed with this idea for this episode. I'll spring this on you. I didn't even know if we wanted to do this or what it would look like. But I almost want to track, a, as the season progresses, a driver's satisfaction rating. <laughs> like how happy the driver is where he is at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, Max and Lewis have got to be 
happy. Obviously, Hamilton's not going to be happy not winning every race. Same for Max, but Hamilton's also used to it. So that's got to be a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. I feel like Sergio's got to be over the moon because he got a good seat and things are going well right now. Yeah. On the flip side, Bottas has got to be miserable, which I consider to be the default state of of Bottas. That man is in hell at the moment. But I feel like he has been at least since I've been aware of Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just different types of hell. This he's year, he's just, just sort of going down the circles of hell. <laughs> I did. Boy, I saw an interesting stat. I actually read about races, which is not like me before this show. Wow. This was, <laughs> this was the first time this season Bottas got points. And wasn't in third place. Yeah, I saw that stat. That was a... Uh, what a weird thing to be true. He always either gets third or doesn't finish in the points. That guy's having an unreal season. Like, what a weird year. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't really make sense. Because in the past, he's been... He's even gotten ahead of Lewis the first couple of races and kind of been in contention for a while and then it fades. This year's just not been good. Yeah. So continuing down the finishing order, Norris is having a wonderful season. He's going to oh, be yeah. delighted. Yeah. And he's crushing it with McLaren and everything seems to be on the up and up and he's, you know, young and signed got an all ex- kinds of potential ahead of him. So Signed an seems- extension. He's kind of their guy. Yeah, he's living the dream. Yeah. Uh, Danny Ricardo, before this week, I would have said was very unhappy. Pretty unhappy. I mean, still probably pretty unhappy, but maybe turning the corner. Yeah, he's uh, he's whelmed. He's <laughs> he's he is exactly whelmed. He is neither under nor overwhelmed. He's just exactly whelmed at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I I like to think that I am frequently whelmed with my job, so I get it. <laughs> he's the most um, rela- relatable at the moment for all exactly. His he once again is very relatable to the people. <laughs> Uh, Gasly having a great season over the moon. Yeah. Gasly, it's great. He's there. He may have options after this season to go. He's been up on a podium this year. Yeah. He's having a great time. Yeah. Alonso, I need you to tell me where he's at. He's probably getting up to whelmed. He kind of struggled and he's, you know, the oldest, second oldest driver in the field and kind of wondered if it would come back to him, but but, had a but couple question, solid races. Was he was he a little bit starting in the happy range just because he got back in? Probably happy and then quickly went for like this isn't all that fun and <laughs> oh, now no. it's coming I back. I liked winning better. Yeah. <laughs> I could go back and win Lamar again next year if I wanted to. Okay, so then Vettel. Vettel's back has, into the happy. Yeah, he's had a roller coaster season, I would say, on this scale. I think there was it's not really a roller coaster, it was more the start. He went from low just constantly low to going up now. <laughs> okay, okay. So hopefully good things. Stroll, I feel like... Back down. S- Stroll's a dick is the thing. So like, I feel like he's always like default unhappy. Yeah. He if started the world's well. not being handed to him, he feels unhappy. He started the season well, and it was probably felt pretty good to be like beating Vettel. And the last few races, it really has kind of, I think even through Monaco, kind of come unglued for him. I mean, I think he had a good race here, but the past couple of races, not so much. Yeah, but like you can't say he had a good weekend because... <laughs> no, I'm not going to say he had a good weekend. Yeah, so it's still not like, you know, it's still probably frustrating for him, right? Yeah, no doubt, but still. 
Uh, signs is a complicated question, I Pro- think. Probably reasonably happy. He's in Ferrari. He's he- in Ferrari, and he's not... Like, he's showing that he is a viable driver yeah. of that car. He's got a second-place finish. He's done well, done everything they'd really expect of him this year. So I, I think he's probably pretty happy. What about Russell? Uh, Quite happy, but... Uh, I. I but is he, he's in a Williams car still at the end of the day. Well, I think he'll tell you at the end of August. <laughs> he's he's a leashed pit bull is what he feels yeah. like. He's going to explode if he doesn't get out of Williams this year. <laughs> he's going to go Super Saiyan. Yeah, he's going to flame out so fast if he doesn't get out this year. Uh, Tsunoda? Through the floor awful. <laughs> well, yes, as a driver. But I mean, like, I have no... <laughs> I have no like baseline for what his happiness should be at. From day one, he seemed like an angry person, but I feel like maybe that's just his persona on the road. Yeah, I, he's pretty happy-go-lucky in interviews, so he uh, he's got to be frustrated. Yeah, Ocon, very happy. He's doing great. He just signed an extension. He's kind of Alpine's guy. Happy for him. Yeah, there's no exit clause. Just point out there's no exit clause for him to go to Mercedes if they ask. So he's Alpine's guy. Interesting. Yep. Giovinazzi, I'll be honest with you, I forgot he was even one of the drivers until we just did this. I think he signed an extension, so I guess fine. Oh, well, congrats. Leclerc strikes me as miserable. Uh, no, I think Leclerc's in a pretty good spot. I don't think... Well, last he's weekend. in a good spot, but he can't be happy with this season so far. He's been actually pretty happy with the season. They're better than they thought. I think he's pretty pissed this weekend. And like, you know, it kind of confirmed. He just strikes me as so much more talented than that car is letting him prove. Yeah, but go click through the, I mean, but they knew the car was going to be bad. I think the car is surprisingly good. That's fair. That's fair. And and he and Sainz have both said like, they're not competing like you would expect from two talented teammates. Like this year is the true rebuilding year, you know, to use cliches. And if you go look through Leclerc's season, I mean, how many, his qualifying performances, he's got two poles, which I think leads tied with Verstappen mm-hmm. and Hamilton. Like, That's true. Um, and he has a whole bunch of like fourth place. He quali- has two pole. Let's be clear. He has two pole qualifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not finishing first, but. Well, and he didn't start first for one of those. <laughs> right. And, you know, he's in sixth place in the championship, which. It's true. Yeah, I think uh, he's doing okay. Raikkonen only has two emotions, which are miserable and dead. He's he's just there, man. He's just picking up a paycheck. Yeah. Latifi, no I clue. could not I couldn't pick up Latifi. If he was at H E B in the line in front of me, I wouldn't know it was him. Just happy to be here, man. I honestly have no idea what he looks like. He's getting to drive F one cars every weekend. It's probably he's getting to drive F one cars. He's having a good time. Go Canada. Schumacher. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Fine. I think Fine. he hate, I think he hates his teammate. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> but everybody hates his teammate. But we all do. Speaking of Mazepin, seems like he's just an angry young man all the time. Yeah, he's petitioning to see if he can get his teammate, you know, <laughs> sent away. <laughs> okay, so we've established a baseline. I, every once in a while, we'll check on in on these and see if people are happy where they are or not. And then later we'll watch Drive to Survive and find out if we were right. <laughs> <laughs> These guys hated each other, or at least oh, according. Oh man, they were pissed. <laughs> yeah, we should have assumed everyone's Which angry. Which teammate hates their teammate the most? Ooh, 
which teammate hates their teammate the most? Because the ones that let let me list the ones that are probable. Bottas. Uh, I'm gonna say Vettel. <laughs> I'm gonna say Schumacher and Mazepin. <laughs> and actually, that's where I'm gonna stop it. I bet a lot of people have a lot of neutral opinions about their teammates right it's now. It's gotta be Schumacher and Mazepin, like equally. Right? They just hate each other down there at the bottom, fucking each other over for no reason at all. They've had a couple near crashes now, because like last week, Mazepin definitely nearly killed both of them. <laughs> and then like they had another like near crash this weekend i think that they had to apologize for yeah no they did and i watched it (laughs) (laughs) during some of the recaps i was watching okay getting back to the show as we know it let's talk about our driver of the day i want to know who your driver of the day is okay it's max i'm curious it's max yeah okay yeah, other than that one screw-up, Max was dominant through Friday, Saturday. I mean, like, dominant, dominant. Those times that he was setting in the in the practices and, and qualifying were well clear of everyone else. And then he had one mistake in a corner, which, in some sense, that mistake may have aided him winning because it let them do the first undercut. I think it would have been harder to make the call to pull that undercut if Max if is leading. first. Yeah. And they would have got undercut by Lewis. Like... I don't know that it changes the outcome because, again, they may have switched the two-stop anyway. But, um, yeah, Max. Now, I'm going to pull a Sean here. And I'm going to say, yeah, but he's in the fastest car. He is. (laughs) So I'm not going to say Max. But he converted it. He did win the the fan poll for driver of the day. I I would have said Hamilton if he had held off max because that would have been pretty unreal but it was quite a battle either way i'm not gonna say max so there's a number of other frankly there were a lot of people who had pretty good weekends all things considered man like danny ricardo had a good weekend and he had a good race if we're talking driver of the day because another one that had another good race Uh, yeah is Russell. Yep. Had a great race. That's uh he finished P12, which is his best finish of the year. He's got to be delighted with that result. Yeah, that was because no one um DNF'd and that no was one a DNF'd. lot on merit. Everyone finished this race, which was something. But I'm not going to pick Russell either. Oh. I'm going to do the craziest thing you can do on FNG1. And I'm going to say my driver of the day is Lance Stroll. Whoa! That's right. Oh, Lance man. Stroll coming from P19 to finish in the points and did not pass anyone in the pits. Really? Yeah. He did nothing through undercuts. He's my driver of the day, and I hate saying it. This feels like a slippery slope. <laughs> I know. It's not... It, I, there's a little bit of hot takiness here, but but also the guy objectively had a great race. I he mean, did. he didn't he didn't start anywhere great and he didn't finish anywhere amazing. But from where he started to where he finished and what he did during it, Stroll had an excellent race. Well, I mean, if we look at it objectively, that's a very good finish for both of them to have. Oh, they had a wonderful week. Um, I think Alonzo being ahead of him is a little, maybe. Um, it's not ideal. 
the Ferraris being behind him is good, but I think that's a little bit of a extenuating circumstances on the Ferraris being particularly awful this weekend. So yeah, I mean, them getting two cars in the points is pretty strong because you know the first two teams, obviously, and McLaren are kind of in their own class. And I think Gasly's confirmed. So yeah, I mean, pretty stellar finish. All right. I pick Stroll as my driver okay. of the week. I hope I never say those words again in my life. When he wins, we quit. That's that's the rules. That's right. When we when he wins. No, we didn't say we quit. We said that we would do an entire episode where we don't talk about the race at all. That's true. That is the Lance Stroll edict. So it is written. So let it be done. Uh, <laughs> so now I want to talk a little bit about Ethanon. All right. What do we got? So this was a right a race that, as you sh- said before the show, had a minimum number of shenanigans. Yeah, there no wasn't shenanigans. a lot of crazy. There weren't any wrecks or anything, and there wasn't a lot of weird things happening in the pits and all that. Max is like peak shenanigans, just missing a corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the most shenanigan thing. Was the very first thing that happened. So, our launching point for Ethanon today, if we recall. The whole Ethanon, one of the tenets of the Ethanon conspiracy is that all of this is happening because Valtteri Bottas is an agent on the inside taking down Mercedes because he's working on that Red Bull seat number two. Mm-hmm. And to destroy the enemy. And who did Mercedes not listen to on their strategy? Bottas. It was do, Bottas. Do they know? They know. They have figured out what's happening and they were punishing him by not putting him on a separate tire strategy from Hamilton because that was a fuck you from Mercedes that said, if Hamilton doesn't finish tops, you don't either. So get with the program. Wouldn't it have been some shit if Valtteri won on a (laughs) two-stop? It would have been amazing and maybe he would have done it. Maybe he's right. He's not right. But... Let's say he was right. He wins that race. All of a sudden, he's that much more tempting of a target for Red Bull to pick up to switch Perez out. Mm -hmm. And so Mercedes took him down. They knocked him down a peg by saying, no, if you pull into this pit stop, we will we'll just let you sit there. We're not going to put tires on your car. To be clear, he also exacted his revenge on Mercedes. He (laughs) because he he parked that car. And Max went right by. That was what I was going to say. As you said earlier, he let Max by a little too easily. It's all part of the strategy. This is all part of the game behind the game. There wasn't a lot that happened in Ethanon today, but it was all around Valtteri Bottas. Well, Perez must be like the double agent then because he's got wind and he set out to take down no Valtteri No one well. knows where Perez's loyalties lie. <laughs> Perez is the independent nation here. He is an unknown quantity. He could go either way at any time. We're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. (laughs) Uh, We need something crazy to happen with Perez now. I know. Something weird is going to happen in this next race, and it's going to play right into our hands, because just like QAnon, you can make anything part of your conspiracy if you try hard enough. How bad do you want it? All right, let's talk about which driver said this. So one, so I had two. One of them was kind of a jokey joke. So we'll start off with the one that's not, but you already know what it is, but we're going to do it anyway. The people playing along at home can play, so don't answer too quick so they can come up with their answer. But the first one is, 
He forced me off. What's this idiot doing? He even went off himself. Everybody at home have a chance to answer? I think everyone at home has answered. Norris saying that about Gasly at turn five. That is is Norris with uh, Gasly, who did just drive him off the road. I I watched that like six times. Just barreling out of nowhere. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to justify. If you watch it, I watched the like over the shoulder camera on Gasly's car. And it does look like when he hit the curb, he lost a little, his hands go back and forth a lot. Like he was trying to get some control back on that car. So maybe he did not take the line he was intending, but it sure looked like he drove him off the road. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was intentional to close the gap. I think, I think that was understeer and he was heading, heading off the track. I think he had to save that. Uh, and that's I, what the race stewards decided is decided as well. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a 50, 50 corner and, and Gasly slipped it. And luckily they both walked away. Um, so now I'm going to give you our other, which driver said this and it was this. Okay. Do you know who that was? <laughs> Nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, no. Uh, was that was that Max the entire last stint? It was not. Oh, Max would. But been, I, 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 this was important to me because this was on the driver the driver radio highlights, and they're correct for putting that in there because it was the most deafening silence I've heard on driver radio so far. It was the the clip where I was listening to all the different drivers radio after the finish. Mm -hmm. And so Mercedes talking to (laughs) Bottas said, okay, that's P4 for you. Good race. Sorry again about the strategy. And then deafening silence from Bottas. He did not respond and they held it on the radio for like 30 seconds as he said nothing to them. Oh my God. And it's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like angry finish might be the best like <laughs> mindset. So good. Cause God, the best, that silence was the best radio I've heard yet. It's just fuming. Cause you know, like pissed off Max, very clear. Like he's going to let mm-hmm. you know, you, you've seen it from most of the other drivers, but the pissed finish off Hamilton, way. he'll let you know. Oh, he will. And it's weird Bottas because... Bottas just stewing in silence. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton hits you with like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, like he's your dad. Yeah. But, Happy uh, Father's Day. <laughs> finish, the Finnish guy, he's not going to say a damn thing. He's already said his part. You know <laughs> what you've done. It was so good. Um. Okay, moving on to under investigation. This is where we, where I bring up a question to Sean about... F1 that I don't know yet and he educates me Uh, I have a couple and I think the one that I want to ask you is they said something and I I apologize if this question is really vague Mm -hmm. they said something about tire pressure protocol okay yeah and they used those three words and I did not know what they were talking about yeah so Pirelli has a protocol for basically how you prep the tires right they have them in this tire blankets before the race Um, they're in those things for a long time to kind of get them up to a clear core temperature because the tire will heat 
and reach temperatures at different times, right? The outer layer gets hotter. You want the inner layer because, you know, tires have that multi-layer construction. You need them all in, in these operating ranges. And you certainly don't want like the outer layer hot and the inner layer cool. Take a look at Ferrari's performance, right? That's one of the things that kind of happened to them. Right. This is why while I'm snowboarding, I am wearing many, many layers on the outside, but I'm also drinking Irish coffee on the inside. Correct. Yeah, you to gotta, warm up the inside of me. Yes. And, and you need the multiple layers because just one good layer doesn't really work the way you want it to, right? Um, you'll end yeah, up they s- all have to do their different things. Right. So the tire issues that happen in Baku. So stroll, what issues? <laughs> stroll and Max <laughs> taking um, just, you know, right turn now on the GPS. Um <laughs> There was no clear cause, right? So they didn't delaminate because of wear or they didn't hit debris and cut down. So there was a concern that some teams were being a little bit more um, liberal in their interpretation of how to bring the tires up to temperature and what pressure, because temperature corresponds to pressure, right? That they were running yeah, their I took tires chemistry up. in high school. Yeah. So they were well, that's running- That's law, right? Right. So on tracks with- <laughs> more corners you want lower pressure because it basically gives better contact patch and it it lets the car stick and turn better but the problem with that is at high speed there's less structural integrity of the tire because it's got less air in it so it tends to bend and flex so they think that's what caused the failure with uh, max and stroll's tires so they basically revised the protocol made those windows tighter and then one of the part of it was raising the pressure on the tires. And so some teams had to change their their protocol for basically how they prepare the tire, what pressures they set them at, um, kind of at ambient conditions, and then how they heat them up um, prior to the race. And is somebody checking that to make sure they're actually doing it? I think Pirelli engineers are checking it. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it, it's a big safety thing, right? It matters. No, yeah, safety. no, it absolutely is. <laughs> and that was actually one of the rumors that or one of the thoughts was like, is that what caused Ferrari to have such problems with tires? But the problem was, is the, um, these protocols affected the rear tires and Ferrari's Mm -hmm. destroyed their front tires. (laughs) Um, and according to the team principal, at least, uh, Ferrari didn't change any of their protocols. They just, so they were doing everything exactly the same as they had been before. It's just, they were shitty. Yeah. I mean, I actually kind of believe that the car was kind of particularly shitty. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah so that's what it is it's just kind of the procedure wh- what pressures you set the tire at, at ambient and how you do the heating and prep before it goes on the car got it new information now we all know all right french grand prix uh red bull extends their lead in the drivers and constructors championship and everybody is extremely happy yeah i mean for that was a pretty, pretty good race. It was actually, I thought at times it was a little boring, but fairly entertaining. But it, for the, f- no, there was a, there was like the, the first third of it outside of Max really fucking up at the beginning. Nothing happened. Was not very interesting. No. And then it got extremely interesting from like a strategy perspective. But for the French Grand Prix, that's like the most exciting race that's ever happened. That track is normally boring as hell. So great race. Excellent. Yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'll, I'll grade on a curve for that one. Where are we heading next? Austria, twice. Austria, twice. Yeah, Red Bull's home S- track. Same track twice? Yeah. but they have. Are they going to do it like backwards the no, second time? I like think they're going to do the Forza? same. Nope, same exact layout. <laughs> okay. 
They did this last year. It was pretty wild. And it's the Red Bull ring, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, home field but advantage. Historically, I understand that Red Bull struggles in its own track. Uh, I think they're decent there. Um, okay. Last year, if if we want to go for for my from my point of view, Leclerc got second out of nowhere in the second race, given how awful they were last year. So maybe there's something about that track. I don't know. That'll suit the Ferrari. And does that lead our podcast to a back to back to back situation? Yes, this will be three straight weeks of of podcasting. So everyone just be aware that we have yet to decide if we will be doing three episodes for that. It's a lot for us to record and edit and post these every time, but we're going to try. I think we're going to try, right? Yeah, I'm fine trying. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. We'll let you know. You'll know (laughs) next week if nothing gets posted. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and we'll probably say, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, Otherwise, it's there. Oh, wait, we did have a question. Yeah. From Twitter. We had a question from at Alexander 12 who sa- asked you, do you have to use the exact same tires and not just the exact tire compound that you qualified with in Q2? It is the exact same tire that you set your fastest lap with. So it is the literal set of tires. Do they take those off the car and yeah. then, then put them in like a lockbox somewhere? Yeah, they take them off and they tag them and they put them to part for May condition. So, and yeah. those Pirelli engineers like follow them around like it's a Fabergé egg? Them and the FIA, yeah. And the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yep, it's very serious. The Stanley Cup, your Q2 tires. The Stanley Cup, the Fabergé eggs, and the Q2 tires for Haas. <laughs> Uh, no, Haas never has to because they never make it from Q2 to Q3. They never make it to Q2. I should have said Alpine. Yeah, that's probably more correct. So there you go, uh, R. Alexander. That is the uh, situation. We are going to be doing hopefully back-to-back-to-back episodes coming up with a double shot in Austria at Red Bull's home course. Mm-hmm. So we will see how that goes. Thank you guys for listening. If everybody could go on to whatever it is that you're listening this on, be it I, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, Podcatcher, whatever it is that you're, yeah, are we on uh, Spotify, Spotify as well? Yeah. Go in there, give us a rating. If you can give us a review, please do. That's super helpful. Uh, subscribe wherever it is that you're listening if you haven't already. Go ahead and follow us our, uh, on Twitter at FNG1Pod, and I am at DefNotChuck, and Sean is at Sean underscore leg with two Gs. Thank you again to Chris King for our theme music. The track is Count- Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulls. Go and find him on Twitter at ArtificialChris. Thank you again to RCBO5 for our album art. Uh, which hopefully has been fixed on iTunes. It under- I understand that it was looking goofy recently. Yeah, but... it reverted. I'm still trying to fix it. We'll get it fixed soon. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe by the time you're hearing this, maybe it's fixed. Yeah. Maybe not. All right, and thank you all for listening. We will see you after the first round at Austria. Asta. All right, thanks, y'all. a lot of editing throat clearing and massive water swallowing yeah i try not to drink any actually i'm gonna drink some right now before we get going <laughs> uh, <laughs> really get the mic up near your items apple really oh man <laughs>
<laughs> it's like a weird pause noise. It's like this huge swallow sound. <laughs> That's going to be my new text message notification. Glug. <laughs>